1: Welcome back, my fellow Michiganders to the Michigan Life Outdoors podcast. Thank you for being here and happy opening hunting seasons. And I say seasons plural because there's a lot of things opening up or have already opened up. We had our youth deer hunt a few weeks ago. I've seen a lot of young hunters out there posting some great successful photos of them harvesting some deer. We have waterfowl opening up north zone and this week coming, I believe, central zone. And then also, as I'm recording this, it is the week leading up to opening day for archery uh, here in the state of Michigan for whitetail deer. So, hey, it's here. It's what we've been planning for for the last year. So, let's get into some more great content. On this episode, we've got Carson, Tom, and Kelly heading out west to their archery hunt, and they're in the truck recording, um, you know, their trip and their journey out west. And they kind of give you some great strategy, some gear that they're bringing. Um, some situational things and how do they address certain issues. It's just an awesome podcast and they go over a lot of great tips that I think that you'll be able to use, whether you're in the field here in the state of Michigan, planning a trip, or if you're planning a trip somewhere else, it's pretty cool to hear these guys dialogue going into their, you know, their out West elk hunt in Colorado. And, um, you know what, there's a lot of pearls in this one. So make sure you get out your notepad and pen, take lots of notes because, uh, the, the information that they, they throw out there is invaluable. So here we go.
0: And welcome to Michigan Life Outdoors. Even though we're not in Michigan anymore, we're not Kansas anymore. Maybe we are in Kansas. Where are we at? I don't know. I think Nebraska. We got uh, CP here, Carson, Kel Bell, and Mister Tom. Lee gave us a phone call. Lee left it back in Michigan we are on the way for a elk hunt right
2: and today's date is September 9th Uh, KP here we're excited we are driving on the road got our gear with us and uh, we're ready for a good time
0: riding in style I wasn't too excited uh, a couple months ago because we've already done this trip of packing up and getting all this stuff and being on the road I am pumped now I'm ready we are making it happen
2: so tell the listeners where we going guys what's the what's
3: the idea here Going to Colorado, going to climb a mountain, and hopefully uh, shoot a couple elk, a couple mule deer, and a couple black bear. We got tags for days.
0: tags for everything. Actually, we still got to get bear tags. We messed up on that, but uh, we're picking them up here. They're waiting for us up the road, so that will be done. So we're driving, uh, what is it, 22, 24 hours, somewhere in that ballpark? Yep. Straight, right? We got off uh, work worked all night and then driving straight through we get there at about five six in the morning uh, plugging in our lucky freezers which we should tell them about that in a minute and then hiking straight up the mountain and making it happen.
3: Tell them about our freezers Tom. Alright so the goal is obviously to shoot some animals and get the meat back to Michigan and we got that 22 hour drive so we brainstormed and came up with the idea of pulling an enclosed 14 foot trailer have a refrigerator with a freezer on top and then we're gonna drive about 20 or 30 minutes away to our hunting spot and we'll hunt pack the animals down the hill down the mountain and go back to our trailer and hopefully butcher all the animals up get them in the freezer and then either they're gonna be froze long enough to make the trip home or we'll run a generator in the bed of the truck and run an extension cord to the trailer and run the refrigerator in the freezer all the way home that's the goal Yeah so most people probably wouldn't you know some may understand
2: why or why would we not do that right so when we shoot animals we don't want to waste that time going to the processor Um, we don't if we were to rent a car and fly out here we don't want to pay not only to have a process but to ship that home so us uh, bringing these freezers will really help us uh, you know one with speed two with money and uh, convenience of being able to do it all
0: ourselves. Absolutely so uh, there's always a way on almost any budget we're driving out here instead of flying we got these freezers from our home and our garage, and
2: um, had to take some bush lights out of them. Oh uh, yeah,
0: that's all right. We made a dent, and so uh, driving out, making it go on a on a pretty low budget. I I think we're at you know for just the gas and the drive out there and the lodging way back, five six hundred bucks a guy or something like that. Yep, sure. And then that'll be our our food, our driving, our gas, our our tolls, our whole nine yards, and then uh, we just have a couple tax on top of that. Tag tags are always the most expensive part it seems like. Especially when you do it yourself and making it work, you yeah. know. But if you look at if we would have rented a or booked a guide some of these guided trips are what 5 to 15 grand a person Yeah. and we saw some of the places they're going and we don't want to go to that spot sure and at the same
2: aspect we do invest a lot in our gear and stuff like that so we have Kafaru tents and good cots and sleeping bags and yep. the best gear so I mean you do spend it but at the same time we get to reuse that stuff on trip after trip and, and kind of have that uh you know our, our own gear that we're used to and use all the time which is nice
0: it's prices to have that but if you ever did like one trip not going back we've seen all those pages for the resale they sell it Ah, the top notch gear resells at high value yeah
3: absolutely you almost don't lose any money when you do that get the good stuff um
0: second time out here archery hunting what's different this time guys (laughs) we're gonna try calling oh yeah (laughs) we should have figured that out when a 100 out of a
3: 100 videos are all calling yeah that's all right we made it work right if you didn't watch that YouTube video go to bragging rights outdoors and watch that youtube video yeah it's oh. bragging rights
2: with the Z and that's on youtube um, we had a, our 2019 full-length Colorado videos on there um, so hopefully in a, a few months we'll be having a 2021 video posted up there you go um, so yes what's different I think uh, our gear got tweaked a little bit I mean, we certainly learned some lessons last time um, we all overpacked on food we really overpacked in general I think is a fair assessment so um, me personally Calbell here I I, uh, I slim down on a lot of gear uh, less clothes less food um, less extras less less uh, you know fix it kits things like that um, I'm not bringing puffies which is kind of crazy yep. um, but our first couple days we're looking at uh, low's only get to about 50 so 50 is our low and uh, potentially you know up in the mid 70s during the daytime um, however it may be a little bit colder when we're gaining some elevation
0: we'll see if that's true at the- we'll do another podcast on the recap on the way back see if it gets in the 30s or 40s or not but either way pretty mild yeah and then um Bringing more arrows for myself. We got seven
3: arrows this time packed up. And Tom, you had a good idea with a rubber band. Explain that bad. Yeah. Last time we had an issue with losing arrows uh, while packing animals out and just walking in general, walking through all that thick blowdowns and all that stuff, uh, we ended up losing arrows out of our quiver. So um, I'm just using rubber bands and going around my quiver and uh, just a little extra strap for the arrows. Yep. Uh, I'm bringing extra broadheads and extra knocks to. Slide out of one of my arrows, uh, probably from the brush. I'm sure I got hooked on something. We're climbing over a lot of deadfall, nasty,
0: just rough and no trail. Just kind of unbreaking it and going through there. Yeah, I think
2: we all all are bringing extra broadheads, which we did not do last time. Yeah. So, extra broadheads and. Um, I have quite a few reeds with me I know last time we kind of as you chew on the mouth reeds for the alcohols at least we experienced a lot of like breakdown in the reeds and like kind of broke a few of them so having extra reeds with you is going to be nice I think
0: I think we have a pretty good idea of at least our plan A of where we're going. Mm-hmm. We feel confident about our spot. Of course, every time we go on a trip, that changes, right? We go to plan A. Next thing you know, plan G, we get there. But uh, we're just going straight in. So as we get there, we're going after it.
2: Yep, worked, you guys worked a 24-hour shift and a 24-hour drive and straight up the mountain. You guys are crazy.
0: Yeah, I got to leave time for acclimating yeah. and
2: hiking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how much you drank today, CP? Oh, yeah, I'm almost two, two water bottles now. Yeah, I'm up to... That's, that's two more normal. Yeah. yeah, the camels here, the Poopard brothers, we don't... Uh, we don't eat, we don't sleep, and we don't really drink anything. I don't know how our bodies stay working, but... Lucky we, wrestling days, I guess. Yeah, it's push through it. it.
0: Um, exciting. Cal we're bringing tennis shoes up the mountain what's up
2: yeah guys we we might be uh superstars we might be coming down in uh you know ankle braces i don't i don't really know but uh we have some there's tennis shoes basically and uh we're gonna rock out some Lightweight. So our crispy boots right now weigh um, about a pound. I believe is a pound, if that's accurate. And our tennis shoes are at about eight ounces. So we'll lose, um, yep. So I think we'll lose, uh, you know, over a pound of weight on our feet, which doesn't sound like a lot. It seems kind of minute. But when you take 10,000 steps every day, it it adds up quickly. So we're gonna, it also is gonna help us with moisture. um, So they vent really well and uh, lightweight and hopefully feel good. I've been wearing mine a lot, I really like them.
0: Our workout tennis shoes got some running ones on or something like that. And I plan on wearing my crispies up there when I pack heavy. And so we got all rid of all these poundage we're talking about pack a little lighter this time. I pack about the same. If I would, not more. Maybe more, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to set up a base camp as our plan A, but of course that always changes. I was at about 60, 65 pounds, counting my water and my bow. And that's where I'm at now. With all the extras that you got rid of, what'd you lose? Five pounds, you think? Yeah. That was five pounds light on extra, but I'm it's nearly five
2: two or three just in puffies, I probably dropped, and I've lost probably four or five days worth of food i probably cut two or two pounds off of what i would have brought last year so that's five right there not including you know some extra clothes and some uh like Luko tape and little med stuff that we all had triple of everything yeah. tylenol pms i threw a bunch of stuff out that we all already had packed just because we've been busy and haven't really uh, all sat down together and packed our bags together
0: <laughs> i would say we're getting better at this when we say oh i'm super super light i'm six pounds lighter than normal and like that's a big deal for <laughs> Us. Yeah, but Kelly's been packing six pounds on his belly. So it'll be about even that's
2: out. true that I'll be lighter after the trip bro. Me too. We all will
3: for sure That's um, something we didn't do. We should have uh, got a scale and brought it with us to start to finish. Yeah, that'd be interesting we'll, uh, I know it'll be
0: lighter when I'm going we were three Four belt loops down yep. in 10 days last time. We'll see how many belt loops to go down. We'll count that as something. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in uh, Kansas, Iowa, somewhere in the middle of the country. Yep. And we're driving. It's a beautiful day, sunny out. We had the jams going for a while. We thought, hey, let's uh, let's do a podcast, talk to these fine folks, let them know what we we're thinking on the pre-call. You guys were practicing your calling very much? Probably not enough, but yeah. I tried, I tried once, once or off, twice.
2: like it. Oh, the dog doesn't like that. No, does Mia like you? New- <laughs> no, she doesn't know what's going on. She thinks it's like an animal, like a rabbit squealing, yeah. but I think that's my uh, lack of
0: ability on the call. <laughs> I don't
3: know. He doesn't like it. He freaks out. No. Um,
0: the wife uh, has been giving me a little slack, and she's been uh, back in school teaching now, so I have a little time with that. I've called too much. I still put myself on a pretty poor level, but I like reading the emotion. It worked great last time. I think we'll be just fine. Uh, we're going to stick to just straight-up bugles is the plan. Not too many other um, chuckles or cow calls. We're just keeping it super simple, locating bugle, and then just get it more aggressive with emotion. Do some raking as we close the distance be really aggressive and close that gap trying to get within 100 yards of these elk is our number one goal and then
2: uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned last time is is when he says close the gap he means you go to the elk so a lot of times when you see videos the people are stationary and they wait for the elk to come to them but we found that going towards the elk until we get to that 100 yard range ish you know 100 200 yards that's when them elk really get to offensive and fired up and we're we're starting to get in their territory so that's when they typically would turn and come at us and, and get an opportunity.
0: And we'll be in the thick dark timber pines and so man far as we can see pretty much at all times what forty yards or yeah. something? Yeah. And that's about max. And uh, I have a top ring up I am crazy but I'm thinking about setting my single pin sight to 30 yards. What do you guys think about that?
2: It's not what I'm gonna do. No,
0: I'm not gonna do it either, but it might work for you. So what's your guys' stock press What are you gonna leave your pin at?
2: Um, so we have the Spot Hogs, I think we all have Spot Hogs, yeah. and uh, mine's at 20 and 34, so top pin's at 20. It's a double pin adjustable sight, um, so we can adjust if you have time, you know, of 20 to 80 or whatever you have set, but uh, I keep mine at 20, and then my second pin falls at about 34. I think Carson's the same way, Yep. and Tom, here. 20 and 37. 20 and 37, so obviously, each bow and setup is going to be a little bit different and uh, arrows and all that good stuff but me personally I'm at 20 to 32 and I feel confident of uh, making that shot and I think CP you feel that way for that 30 to 35 yard shot
0: yeah so I was um, practicing that if I can range it and I have the time so we're trying to run to stay together that should help but we're trying to run video cameras maybe a self video camera calling have come in range it adjust the sight that's a lot of a lot of moving parts going going on something My fear is, just like in the past, not having the time to do all the things. So we may have to judge the distance on our own, which is sometimes challenging in the thick mountains. The other part would be if um, it comes in, at 20 I'm great, at 35 I'm great it's that 30 at 25 or that 40 where I'm splitting the pins, I I struggle with that personally. I've been practicing a lot and it's hard for me to just split the pins instead of aim at one air one spot and so I moved mine to 30, all of our shots were between 25 and 35, 25 and 40 last time, right there so I've been practicing just putting on 30 so if I'm at 25 I just aim a touch low, if I'm at 20 I aim a touch more low. So, I'm, if I'm at 20 and I have a set at 30, I, I shoot four inches high. So, I know I'm already close. It's already easier shot. It's a 20-yard shot. I'm going to just put it at the bottom hard shot. I know it's going to rise in there a little bit. If I'm at 30, I aim right at it. If I'm at 35, I might still aim mid-body and let it fall into that pocket. And at 40, so it makes my split pins or my judgments uh, lesser. I'm either, I'm going to four inches, five inches, both sides because I'm rolling on the top side of it. In the bottom side, what's my thought process? So I tried that versus keeping it at the, my double pin, which is a single movable pin with two dots, if that makes sense. Instead of my two dots being at 20 and 34, we'll call it 20, 35. And I'm at that 30, I'm like, oh, I'm splitting three quarters in between. I don't have a fixed point to aim at. And then that was more challenging for me. So I just through practice and learning our own equipment, that's what I'm going with at this time. We'll see if it's a good choice at the end or not You guys are sticking with just keeping that to twenty and just using your two pins as a reference. Yep. Yeah. We'll see how that goes.
3: I know ranging and judging the distance was a, a difficult thing for us last time, yep. being uphill downhill. We're from Michigan, so everything's pretty flat. Yep. Um, that was an issue uh, as far as eyeballing it. You know, we're back home in Michigan. It's pretty easy to tell what's twenty yards, what's thirty yards. But with uh, the super thick terrain and being uphill and downhill, we were we were off by you know five to ten yards. Quite a bit. Yeah. And with all the thick trees, it, it made it seem like we were over judging
0: the yardage. We were judging, like, I counted on the ground. I'm not sure about you guys. I yep. count five yards at a time. Like, that's so five,
3: ten, fifteen, twenty. I 20, picture 20, 20. a
0: football field. Okay, every five. And then, I'm like, all right, it's about 35 yards. I range it, and I'm like, twenty-six. I'm like, oh, man, I'm nine yards off. And so, of course, we'll practice that a bunch of times as mm-hmm. we're out there. And uh, it's just challenging with them trees being tight. And like you said, the hills, it's... It, 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 it's, it's
2: different. Changes is hard. Uh, We talked about water a little bit. Um, bringing more containers for water and more access for like life straws and uh, things when we're out there. We ran out of water last last time when we had an elk down. So, um some more life straws and some more quart size sawyer bags and filters and we have quite a bit of gallon bags as well Um, so that way if we go make a water run we can take you know six eight ten gallons of water back to camp at a time maybe i'll get away with doing that every two or three days instead of every day
0: yeah, so I have uh, four gallon bags
3: of water. I have three. Three. Tom, you had a bunch of different size bags, right? I brought two gallon bags, and then I have uh, two like quart size bags, and yes. then I have a little one that hooks onto my Sawyer straw, like uh, about the size of a water bottle, so, you know. Yes,
2: that's nine-gallon bags. His two-quart bags. I have two-quart bags. That's four-quart bags. I have two also. That's six-quart bags. That's nine gallons and six-quarts of uh, water bags. If we camp anywhere close to where we did last time, the water's not
3: far, but it is uh, considerably um, uphill, downhill from our camp. So to go down and get it and come back up is a little bit of a short.
0: It's probably a 10-minute hike down, 10, 15-minute hike back up. But if we went with our packs completely empty, by the time I take, say, four gallon bags, and the gallon bags empty weigh two ounces, maybe. Yeah, super light. Super light. So if I'm adding four bags, I have eight ounces of bags in my my pack, so not that much overall. Then we load them up, and that would be
2: 32 ounces, eight pounds. pounds. Yeah, 32 pounds, yep.
0: 32 pounds in our packs, I can handle 32 pounds pretty easily. We go down there, hook back, now I have four gallons of clean fresh water after it's filtered back up in the camp, and uh, heck, that might last a couple days yeah you know, especially the way you guys drink water
2: <laughs> yeah like, it's a, 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 ga- holiday. <laughs> a gallon of wine last me all week
0: that's uh-huh. <laughs> crazy we're gonna do better we're gonna drink a lot more water this time <laughs> you got a little bit dehydrated last time Kirk. I did I was day uh, four or five-ish and I started getting a really bad headache and feeling like crap and what's
2: going on guys and Tom's like well you don't ever drink any water No, so we, we made it pretty clear we said well how much of water did you drink today well yeah. I, I had 12 pounds of, how much you drink yesterday well I did good man I had like 20 yeah. Or are like it's
3: yeah. not enough man Like, we're walking like 8 miles a day you know gaining elevation Carson's like yeah my vision's kind of screwed up yeah I yeah. <laughs> started to feel a little bit down to dump we so literally
2: made you sit down and eat candy and drink water I
0: drank a bunch of water and like 45 minutes later I felt like a new man like, oh my <laughs> god here we go so
3: good for another week yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep drowning in that water i need
0: to keep drinking it
3: that's exciting I guys change uh any of the food you brought i really didn't i just brought more snacks
0: i did i copied off Kel with all the uh packaged meat and sausage stick and the uh, dehydrated bacon and jerky and that kind of stuff
3: yeah i didn't change much yeah you were good my actual meal, I only brought one, uh, you know, like mountain house meal and the rest is just like protein bars and snacks and jerky. And
0: yep. need some kind of, uh, I'd say carbs or stuff for a couple different bars for breakfast, lunches, our trail mix, a lot of nuts, a lot of uh, meat sticks, and then a big dinner every day of uh, mountain houses and other things.
2: And the common thing people say is, how do you eat all those mountain houses? Everybody that sees our food laid out, they always ask us that, and I don't know, we have iron guts or something, I'm not sure, but I can eat them things 20 days straight and I don't feel anything, like I don't have a problem. What's funny is
3: after elk season, during deer season, while we're staying in campers and cabins and hotels, we are literally eating mountain houses. (laughs) I think with that low water that we're talking
0: about, which again, is not what we recommend, drinking water, please. Um, we have high sodium diets, we, uh, we we love salt, and I think our body craves that salt to keep that water in, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's what the problem with Mount houses is a lot of
3: sodium in there, which is pretty normal for us. I, I don't know. How about you, Tom? Do you still like them, or no? Honestly, uh, I don't know. I, I like them, but last time, were up on the mountain I I didn't really have a huge appetite yeah we worked super hard and I struggled to eat like a whole mountain house like I was full I wasn't hungry Um, I was just craving like sugar and stuff like that I don't think I ate a full mountain house the whole time we were up there so we'll be out in the bush uh, eight days is
0: the plan. But you guys have four days worth of food. I have five. I need to get rid of one. There's no reason for me to have a different number than you guys. So we'll
2: put hey, up. it was our first deer. Our first deer on the trip so far. Was it live or dead? It was live. Oh, live one. Shooter. A little baldy. <laughs> um, so you were saying get rid of a day of food?
0: Yeah, so we we'll have four days. How are you going to make four days worth of food last for eight? Our thought process is by the fourth day, if we don't have something down, we're either moving, changing, regrouping, or we should be packing out to the truck by before 4 It's
3: our thought process. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, I can argue with that. That seems to happen every trip. I mean, if uh, you're not making progress on something, you gotta move. Every time we make big moves and, and big changes, it usually pans out. Absolutely. And
2: on day five, if we haven't shot anything, it'll make us work extra hard because we don't have any food to eat, so we'll have to get something <laughs> down.
0: Survivor mode, here we go. Yeah. Uh, only 11 hours to go, boys. We're getting closer. We're halfway there. Um, want to
2: talk about some, um, we talked about some meat care stuff, so we can talk a little bit about processing. Also, what are we going to do when we shoot an elk up on the mountain? We should probably uh,
3: talk about our plan a little bit about that we talked about it a little bit before in other episodes, but we're uh, bringing dry bags. Um, I got a couple of Kuyu uh, ultralight to double XL dry bags. Um, and we're gonna hopefully hang meat and debone it all and get it packed up and good and clean. And our goal is to put it in the, the stream. Um, there's a couple streams that we crossed that we're, we're pretty familiar with. And hopefully cool that meat down as quick as possible put it in the dry bags, get it in the stream and cool it down. And then one, either uh, pack down the mountain all night and try to utilize our, our time the best we can or hopefully get another animal down and, and do it all in one shot. I know we're going to try to utilize our time wisely. Yeah. Cal shot an elk last year and it was like cold time. Every, every elk was bugling and, and it was madness and uh, we should have really took advantage of that and tried to get some more animals down before we came off the mountain. Absolutely then we're gonna use our uh,
0: survivor blankets as tarps, put it on there, debone all the meat so it's lighter. We're gonna cut out the skull of the antlers after we skin the whole face. Make sure you watch videos and study that. That's kind of challenging if you haven't done that before.
2: Absolutely. It, it is a little uh, time, um, you know, time sensitive, or, or it does take quite a bit of time to do that, but um, elk is a, you can't move the brain or spinal column out of the state anyways, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, that is a rule in a lot of the states now. So the, the meat has to be deboned. You can't take the spinal column or the brain matter out of the state of harvest. Uh, so it has to be done one way or the other. And why carry it off the mountain?
0: Yeah, the, unless you take it to a good processor, it costs you a couple days and all that weight you're carrying down, or just do it right there on the spot. So by the time we shoot one, we quarter it up, we skin it right there on the ground, we hang the quarters, we debone all the meat, we keep everything clean, we put it in dry bags, and then, I'm sorry, we put it in game bags, which is like a pillowcase, the dry bags if we put in the stream to cool it down, or we're just hiking straight out right at that time. they on a skull. By the time just that processing, what do you guys think, three, four hours or something?
2: I'd say it's even more than that, yeah, maybe. It's, it's
3: a lot of work right there on the spot. Once you get there, the work starts. We had a, a pretty brutal hike out when Kelly shot it out last time. And um, I, he shot it at around five o'clock, I believe. And we didn't make it back off the mouth until 5 a.m. So 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. was a 12-hour. That was uh, and what, I drink cleaning. I, would, I think
2: now. we got done cleaning that like, sometime between 10 and midnight, if I'm not mistaken.
3: So good, five, six hours, seven hours.
2: Yeah, I think it was five to seven hours of processing, and then... I
0: don't it, think it was that long. It,
2: it, doesn't feel, it doesn't feel that long, but I think that's really what it was. Tom was also a couple miles away when we shot
0: that thing. So part of that time is Tom walking over, us taking pictures, yeah. waiting, making the phone calls of celebration, doing our video yep. talk. So we might have an hour and a half, two hours before we start sure. cutting that up. Absolutely. We to get all the pictures and videos and all that stuff. I would
3: and, say caping the face out is a good hour work. Yes. Like consistent hour work.
0: Yeah, and you gotta study how to do that work. And that's that's now that we're getting better, it's an hour. I think your first time might be yeah, two hours sure. um, if you're not used to it. You gotta be really careful of the eye sockets and the tear ducts on the eyes. The nose is a little bit odd, and the ears are challenging too. But uh, that's something you gotta study and you know watch some videos and stuff. YouTube's amazing. You can and learn anything. You could practice it on your dope right? Like yep. You're not gonna get you're not gonna use in the first place. You mess it up, you get a little nick in there, and, and you're not gonna mount that one anyways. That would be a great way to practice and invest a little bit of time in learning.
2: Absolutely. Um, we have some switching topics. We have some camera gear coming out, and it uh, should be pretty cool. I'm going to uh, get try to get some drone footage. We have some action cameras, and we have some regular uh, Canon camcorders that we use quite often. Um, on top of that, we have uh, some lapel mics that we've been experimenting with a little bit. Hopefully, uh, at least some of the interviews and the talking will have some
0: good audio. So to set this in perspective, we're bringing... Six, seven cameras up on the mountain if you're counting the the drone Mm -hmm. and and microphone equipment. All these are pretty light, pretty small, not too bad. And three tripods. And three tripods. So we each have our main camera and an action camera each. So that's three guys, six cameras there, three action, three regular. Then we have um, the drone footage to make it the seventh camera. That would just be to around camp, hovering for some pictures, some landscape, you know, in the morning when the sun's coming up. Don't use it too much, but just to get some cool pictures and set the scene, hiking maybe. And uh, yeah, so a lot of equipment, a lot of tripods.
2: And then three phones for not only pictures, but also time-lapse or hyperlapse, depending on how your phone labels okay. that. Uh, so we'll try to do some sunrises, some sunsets, or if we will set those up over over, you know, a harvest site where we'll, you know, show some time lapses, us breaking that down. Um, we also all have our Garmin in-reaches too, which aren't really for camera gear, but another little piece of electronics that we'll have with us as well.
0: Maps, topo, saving waypoints, communicate with home, communicate with each other. It's definitely a key tool of, uh, or, yeah, I have some places, marked from last, a couple years ago, from, hey, there's a wallow here, great glassy point here, even though we're not bringing any binoculars, just on that
2: no four walking sticks
0: no walking sticks no binoculars we're crazy we're going to colorado big west and tennis country. shoes <laughs> <laughs> we are professionals here yeah right but uh we seem to get the job done i think it's uh what was it like a 7%, 10%, 10%, 7% seven percent ten percent seven percent success
2: yeah it's less than ten yeah, less than ten
0: percent success rate for archery health, especially do it yourself on public land I'm thinking we're gonna be somewhere between that 60 and 100 percent success rate.
2: Yeah, I'm saying two for sure. We're uh, we're ready, and I'd say three would be the, you know, the icing on top.
3: Yeah, um, got a little bit of
2: uh, redemption. So our main focus is elk. Obviously, we do have some mule deer tags. That's gonna be a um, a backup. Um, you know, uh, if if that happens. Uh, what am I trying to say That moment presents itself. Yeah, if that presents itself, we'll, we know we'll capitalize on that, but we're not really going to target mule deer. And same thing for black bear. If we tag out, we may hunt over uh, some of the kill sites, see if we can try to harvest a black bear, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. A lot out. of black
0: bear in the area. Yeah. A lot of wildlife in the area. Last time we saw mountain lion, we saw some other critters, black bear, mule deer, lots of elk. I would say we're in a great uh, ballpark of mule deer area. We're just a mile away from the open tundra type bushes without being trees off the dark timber. We can see them more. They're still in that dark timber. It's just hard to find them. If we went on maybe the south side of the mountain or moved a mile here or there, we'd get more tundra and see uh, more mule deer. Mm-hmm. So we have that option to hike that direction You know, one or two miles to make that happen, but uh focuses on elk, I think.
2: Yep, absolutely. Um, another topic is going to be being prepared for when we come back down the mountain so we all have totes with our backup gear and we've all labeled those totes really well meaning this is a day five through eight stuff so all of our uh, you know our backup food is in you know separate containers already packed ready to go our backup clothes our uh, our spare kill kit so like to reload our game bags or if we need extra blades for our knives or things like that all that stuff is in the same container and then we have backup container two, three, four that we probably won't ever use. But the big thing is is be prepared when you come down because we don't want to waste that time. If it's if it's hot, you know, we want to grab our stuff and head right back off.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head with time management. I think that's one thing we're doing really well. We've told a couple guys, even you, Lee, we even told you, buddy, we're driving right out here. Oh, it's going to take, what, two days to get out there. You guys just stay in a hotel, and date acclimate. No, bud, we're driving straight 24 hours. As soon as we get there, we're starting to hike up the hill. I, I plan on hiking up the hill by 8, 9 in the morning, first day. Yep. Uh, 25 hours after we left. Or, and hopefully camp's made by
2: noon, 1 o'clock, and we're hunting that evening. Like, we're going to go, go, go.
0: And granted, that's intense. Maybe that's not your style, but that's how we're running hardcore. We only have limited amount of time away from the family. We appreciate them both down the our uh, jobs. we normal, blue-collar jobs here, and we're making it happen. So we're going to go there. We're going to grind. We get back. Tom, if you break a lighter, you know where your backup lighters at. Well, I'm bringing two with me. up The line, well, so go. I got one with
2: me. I have a bunch <laughs> with me too. Okay,
0: on well, bad subject, so when you uh, <laughs> when you run out of zip ties and duct tape, or uh, I have has- I have three totes. One is spare clothes. One is spare gear. One is spare food. There you go. Uh, what about uh, socks? You know where your extra socks are at? Yep. So I pretty much I'm just going off the top of my head, but I could probably name almost you know where your Allen wrenches are at.
2: Yep, yep. in my bow case. Yep.
0: Case. All right. Extra broadheads on me. with, right, with so I me on almost any list give these guys a minute and a half by their toe and they're going to hey guys I need two extra batteries this light a new battery pack to charge all their reaches and other devices a new camera SD card
2: and that helps too because we may harvest you know say we get lucky and harvest a, a mule deer that might be a one man pack out you know if that hunter you know his job is to go down so he has to grab the rest of the gear for the other guys that are still up there so you know if, if having no Knowing where that stuff is is super critical because we want to get back on.
0: Make a list on my phone. Hey, go to tote number two. You guys have them all labeled. I need two more sets of broadhead or this rubber band because my rubber band broke to hold my arrows in or my backup pair of sunglasses that I broke on there. Or now we have two out down. We're switching over to a mule deer focus. We need to grab our binoculars, right? Mm -hmm. So we decided not to bring them this time because last time experience we only see 40 yards. We didn't use them and they weigh a pound and a half. So we're leaving them down. But if we switch over to mule deer, we will hike another mile or two or reset our base camp or just hike. Hey, I want them there. And so um, that's uh, it's key to be organized for your time management. It's, yep. pretty, it's pretty huge.
2: What else? Uh, if we do harvest some, an animal, obviously we talk about carrying them down. I have. Um, Ziploc, I'm sorry, not Ziploc, vacuum sealers, and I have about 200 uh, quart bags. I know you guys have flay knives and you have uh, cutting boards and Ziplocs and-
0: Three deer right there. And um, on the other side of the fence, there's a fence by a cornfield, three deer walking down.
3: (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we should uh totally take a picture of the trailer that we're pulling and uh just give you an idea of what kind of gear that we're, we're taking with us.
2: absolutely
0: the and the trailer's only half full it's really we got plenty of yeah. room so we threw three spare tires in there just because we've had that issue before and <laughs> then uh, we got a Two. lot of stuff that i don't plan on using i have heavy duty rain gear i have like snow pants and extra gloves and all this stuff that i, I don't plan on using, but maybe at the and the forecast that we can't see—it's possible you get to 20 degrees and six inches of snow up here. I might come down and switch it out a little bit. It's nice that we're not in Alaska on a float hunt and just stuck out there. We have a means of regrouping: uh, five-mile hike back, five-mile hike out, packing with the no weight. I can hustle that, on the way, back to the truck and then get our gear and hike back in. Then, uh, you know, in a little bit of time—we can even do it at dark. We can regroup.
3: Which is pretty huge. Yep. So, I think that's a good point on us driving. Um, I don't know if we could ever really fly out and do a trip like this with all the stuff that we want to bring. We have quite a bit of convenience items. The little stuff that you forget, you know, there's a eight foot folding table in the trailer with three chairs for when we get an animal down and we're butchering meat, you know, you need a table, you need somewhere to sit. We got generators and gas cans. And, amount of gear that we're bringing because we're doing, doing it ourselves. If yeah. you were going to a guide, it's kind of a plug and play, you know, show up, here I am, take me to where the animals are.
0: And all this is stuff we have normal for our normal lives and camping with the family and, you know, everyone's got a table and we have a couple of generators and i guess but we're a lot of thought process, a lot of planning, it's not just thrown together. I think that's a pretty sure. key to our success it, it, at times It's, it's the We've planning.
3: said it before too, it gets a little bit easier. Like once you do it once, the second time is like, oh yeah, I used this, this, and this, and I didn't use this. And it just keeps getting a little bit easier and easier and um, easier to pack, and you know what you need, you know what you don't. Yeah,
0: big
2: time. But ask yourself those questions if you are planning that trip. Because we ask people those questions, and a lot of times they don't have answers, and that's just amazing to us. So, for example, What are you gonna do when you shoot an animal?
0: Uh, Am you gonna get that back on the plane?
2: uh, I'm not real sure. And and like, well, you're flying, right? So who's shipping your meat back? Uh, I don't know. Well, are you not planning on shooting something, or you know, like they don't have answers? That that's crazy to me. To
0: just, are you donating it? Where are you gonna donate it? There's a lot of places that have food banks that'd be happy to take it, or the butcher shops will use it, give it away, or maybe as their samplers. That's okay too. But you still have to have that plan.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to not not be prepared or ask yourself the what ifs along the way
0: so we have a couple freezers we have all the cleaning stuff we know exactly where we're going to bring it down we, we have a place to plug it in and we are making it using our time wise We pretty much have a plan for multiple scenarios if it, right now we're not bringing rain gear up on there there's only a couple of 30 40 percent chances of rain and it's 0.1 of an inch we have a heated tent with a stove in it. It's not really to be heated, but we can cook on it, we can dry our clothes, we can regroup, make sure our boots are all dry. There's a lot of factors that go into that and we didn't learn that just because we know everything, right? We learned it because we were freezing our butts off and our clothes were wet for five days and then we were like, man, I wish we could just dry our clothes and restart one time and then you just
3: pick up a little piece of the puzzle every trip, eventually you can get better at this. I think that's a pretty big game changer too. It's probably the reason why it's okay not to bring puffies or rain gear. Like we have a wood stove. If we get in a bench and it's something serious, we can warm up, we can dry our clothes. And So this wood stove, I'm thinking wood stove, like what are you doing packing up
0: 40,
1: yeah, for 40 sure. pound
0: wood stove on your back? So. The stove, I think, is like six or seven pounds. It's expensive, it's kafaro, but it's amazing. We're probably gonna have it for 20 years of our life. And we fold it all up, uh, we're dividing that up, so I'm mean, bringing wood stove, another guy's bringing the tent stakes and the pole, and then another guy's bringing the tarp, you call that? The, the tent top, yep. And so, total it's about, I don't know, 16 pounds or so with everything that ball parts we're carrying 4 pounds up each to have a cooking element and I
2: he, don't think your math adds up there CP <laughs> everyone's like huh 4 pounds 16 divided by 3 5 and a third, oh, five, and five, third. Five, 5 pounds three. and a third or something like four. that <laughs> yeah, CP brain only works you know right sometimes
0: I'm driving here so I'm, <laughs> I'm in the focus I got a headset on I'm just looking where I'm going but my bad uh, so we got the uh, divided up to seven pounds each, or
2: whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lee, that was probably really loud. I just cracked <laughs> up there. <laughs> uh,
0: just add that in there. So we got five and a half pounds each, <laughs> five and a third, and um, we're managing that up there. And we feel like, hey, you're, you're giving away a uh, puffing a couple other things that are pound here and there. In, we have the luxury of that warm tent getting dressed warm in the morning and then having a good night's sleep it lasts about three hours if we fully load it but most of the time it heats us out of there it's too hot yep. yeah and then uh but it's a nice grouping nice cooking unit and so chose
2: uh, I have some really good anti-chafing powder stuff, which no one likes to talk about, but that'll be nice. to Keep us comfortable, cool, dry. Kind of on that same subject that we had a problem with last time was the moisture, and uh, we didn't really have any blisters or anything like that. But um, the 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 moisture and the uh, you know the stinkiness and stuff like that. So the the foot powder, the anti-chafe powder, and we have really good clothes, merino wool, which will yeah. keep us dry and warm. And oh, chapstick, awesome. and I got a bunch of extra carabiners because so those always come in handy. And the emergency blankets—I got a bunch of those so here, light and easy, and they
0: work great. So you gonna pack in more than one in your pack, or yeah, I have four. I have already have one, so we gotta either get rid of some. Or yeah,
2: some but some. they're good. They're like an ounce, and they're they're nice to have, even at yeah. camp for like. Laying stuff on, you want to stand on them to change your clothes or anything you're standing on, anything they're super nice to have.
0: Well, not you really using them as emergency blankets, use them as tarps, yep, tarps to stand on. They're super light and they're great, um, So that works out pretty good for a med kit. I kind of narrowed that down. I got blister band aids, um, we have Tylenol PM, leucotape, tape, which is messed up strong and pretty top notch. And then, uh, the blister band aids are good too, even though we didn't really get too many blisters, but uh, it's. You know, that's a good thing. Then I have a a needle suture kit, needle and thread. If we ever get a really bad injury, we're all paramedics, but even if you weren't paramedic, you were just tough. <laughs>
2: that should be the quote uh, of this. Just, just be tough.
0: Just <laughs> be tough. Just sew yourself up or your buddy up, and uh do you gotta do. stop the bleeding. Put a little duct tape on her until get your butt back out there and make it going.
2: <laughs> Come on, son,
0: <laughs> get back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So that's exciting. we got all the cameras. Um, we have a cot. How crazy is that? Bring the cot, right? Sounds like we're going to a hotel room. But our ultralight cot is pretty light. I'm going to have something. Yeah, Helinox. Good. Helinox cot. And then I have a sleeping pad on top of that to keep the warmth in from the bottom. And then I think my bag's a 15 degree down bag, I think mine right is.
2: Mine's a 15 too. 15. Is it that red one? The red one. Yeah,
0: that thing's heavy. Yeah, it's it pounds or something.
2: That's there. heavy. Yeah, mine's like a pound and a half. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Just under 2. Yeah, mine was like it was 2.6 or something and then with my stuff bag, it was like right at 3 I thought, which I guess is heavy, but uh man, I like it super warm. I
3: kind of uh changed a little bit. Uh what's that? Uh, that guy Aaron from in backpack you know yeah. videos. I watched one of his videos. And, uh, Aaron Snyder, if I'm not Snyder. mistaken. Yeah. Um, he didn't put his sleeping bag in a stuff sack. He put it in a dry bag and left it open, okay. and it filled that void in the bottom of his pack. Okay. So all his heavy items didn't weigh down basically just filled that whole bottom half and he put the heavy items like midway up his back. and got a little bit of off, off his hips.
0: Because we want the weight high, right?
3: Yes. Weight um, high.
0: And so I did that. I put my bag, my sleeping bag on the very bottom. I closed next and then I put um, on the, towards my back is the, the stove, the cook stove. And it's about 2 inches thick. Maybe uh, 10, 12 inches wide and 15 inches tall. It kind of takes up the whole back area but it's kind of bent and then I pack my food all around that water bladders. I like got a bunch of pockets How'd you guys pack your stuff?
3: For the most part the same way I was gonna throw in there on the top half of my bag I brought obviously the heavier stuff I'll bring it up. 36,000 million uh, battery pack. Yeah. For charging cameras and in reaches and phones. We're all kind of on that same page. I think you guys are all battery packs are all about the same as mine. Yeah, close. Um, that's all to our are the heavy. They I mean, are heavy. What is it, a pound and a half? A pound and a half, two pounds.
0: Something yeah, like two that. pounds like, you're talking about trying to keep it at 55, 60 pounds or whatever, and you're, you're talking about a two pound item. You're what like, geez, this is a is it, I really need this. This is a lot but it charges our phones, our hand ranges some of our camera stuff if we need it. It's kind of a key element, yep. kind of neat. And then if we do come back down, say we're light or we're not light, I maybe bring my battery pack back down as soon as I get to the truck and load my totes, I dump that battery, I have another battery pack fully charged, ready to go. Even if I have half of my pack left, uh, my battery left, I say I'll just start off with a new one, save all that time management and just right back up so little tricks like that have helped trying to make the most of your time
3: out there make it most productive sound like we're playing on our phones a little bit hopefully everybody realized that we're using on maps um, we found that the on maps on our phone is quite a bit better than the on or the maps that are under in reach uh, yeah. way more detail and you can download uh, offline uh, five and ten miles square I, I I'm sure you guys do too. I know you guys do. We I tend to use Onyx Map way more than the inReach. Absolutely. It's just way user, more user-friendly. So I turn
0: my phone on airplane mode, so it doesn't get any signal anyways. It turns into a mini computer. Yep. I shut it off sometimes when I'm not using it. Turn it back on. I'll take pictures with that bad boy. And um, Onyx Maps when they need to, hey, user clearing. Coming up here, where's the next creek? Or... Other oh, people in this way. What is the elevation? Oh, you guys know I picked the best hike out pass right? <laughs>
2: yeah. Carson <laughs> is not the direction guy in this trip. <laughs> I'm getting
3: better. Last time I followed the trees and I, we got a new one now. Yeah, we're getting towards the end of this. Short story Kelly shot an elk and we went over the peak of the mountain with it. We went the wrong way. Ooh, that was a lot of work. Got to, <laughs> got to the cliffs and had to turn back. We call it
2: Death ground. Mountain. It, it almost killed us for, for a reason. Yeah.
0: I'm excited, I think we're going to do really well, and so we need to get pumped up, drive through this, and get there and
2: go, ready to go. One last thing on elk behavior we didn't really touch on is I'd like us to be more patient this time. So a couple encounters on our last trip where we kind of rushed a shot or shot through some branches or things, and hopefully we can pick our shots a little bit better and, and kind of let the elk do their thing in front of us um, be patient
0: man I'm hoping to have time to get a range in there adjust my sight if that happens they are it's over I got it
3: now it says hoping for a clean no no brushy shot my goal. Just an open shot. I, I am looking forward into trying to, to beat the elk's nose. We, we got, you know, the thermals and the wind and like 50% of the elk we went after like the wind swirled constantly on the mountain. Like that was a huge challenge. So yeah. hopefully if you guys listen to this you'll listen to the next one. It'll be uh, probably the ride home be entertaining or, 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 or <laughs> <It's> <laughs> oh, yeah. we gotta go back we gotta
0: go back um, cool thank you for listening it's always a pleasure talking to each other and having these guys listen in and hopefully they learned a tip or two or just maybe fun entertaining laughing at my 7.3 average <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's have a safe trip boys I'm excited All right. absolutely Rock
0: it out and stay away from the down trees side note
1: yeah trees falling, tree falling in the wind this
0: time See that in the video. See ya. See ya. Bye.